You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV presents Chatting with Kathy. Sit-down interviews with Hollywood's leading actors, artists, and entrepreneurs. And now, your host of Chatting with Kathy, Kathy Kelly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chatting with Kathy right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Kathy Kelly, and today's guest has opened up for so many artists from Liz Fair, Gin Blossoms, to Counting Crows, to Michelle Branch, just to name a few, and uh, your newest album, Prism. I loved all the songs off of. So great. Malia, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Malaya. Malaya. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, Malaya. Uh, so what is that name? Is it uh, Korean? It's actually or? Tahitian. Okay. No, and uh, cool. everyone usually thinks it's Hawaiian because okay. I think Malia. Malaya. Yeah. Um, but um, yep, it's, uh, it's, it means lotus. Cool. I think. And uh, your parents are Irish and Korean? Korean. Korean and Irish. Okay, yeah. cool. So did you have like any of those traditions growing up, like Korean traditions or not at all? No, I actually grew up with my grandmother, my step grandmother who was Norwegian okay. and um yeah, we it was things were more Norwegian and Scandinavian yeah. in our house than anything. Really? Yeah, so it's kinda crazy. It was a little it was modge podge of everything. Okay. <laughs> so. And um both of your parents were actually in the armed forces. They were not my mother. Not your mother, okay. Just my father. Your father mm-hmm. was. And you were born in Texas, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. was it like a stricter household when you were living with them? Um no. I mean it was um I only lived with them till I was five. Okay. And then I went to live with my grandparents. Yeah. So um it, it was actually not a great household to live really? so that's why I went to live with my grandparents where did your grandparents and, live uh Long Island okay yeah so um and then they uh they were very um I mean my grandmother is still alive she's 88 yeah so you know it was a very strict Catholic upbringing which was probably good in some way <laughs> <laughs> you know, for certain things and so what was it like living in Long Island when you were that young um you know, I think it's it's what you know. Yeah. So basically, it's just being a a kid and you know and playing and having friends. And I think the the traditions you grow up with that's just kind of what you know and yeah. that's what you're you know you're used to. So you know, I was very lucky to yeah. go and live with them when I was little. Cool. And I know you did Broadway later on in your career, but did you ever go see any shows when you were growing up? Uh no, I actually didn't. Um, they were not were not a musical house, okay. and um, <laughs> sorry, it sounds like it's very serious, but no, it was kind of they were very strict, and yeah. so we didn't see any shows. We really didn't do anything. I think the first show I ever really saw was um, Les Mis. Okay, and how and old that wasn't until I was in high school. Wow, yeah, was it like a field trip in high school or yeah. something? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. And uh, opened up a whole new world. <laughs> so I know that you didn't get into music until you were in high school. So yeah. what were some of your hobbies before that? Uh, I ran track, played soccer, um, played some piano a little bit, but never practiced. And, you know, I basically I was a real tomboy. Yeah. And um, 
I just do a lot of sports. I was a lot really of sports. into sports. And I <laughs> sang in the church choir. Really? <laughs> yeah. At what age? Uh, probably till maybe I was like 10 or 11. Okay. So there was a little school. music in your life when you were younger. Uh, you know what? It was very separate from okay. my home. It was kind of, we went to church every Sunday and we sang in the choir, but there were lots of non, not very musical people yeah. who sang in the choir, yeah. so it didn't <laughs> seem like it was a very musical thing, but yeah. You we have were, a couple people who are tone deaf. And <laughs> yeah, it was really not, yeah. They let anyone in. <laughs> I just like to sing. I sang, yeah. yeah, always from the time I was little and, and everyone said, would you please be quiet, you know, until <laughs> later on, you know. Yeah. It was just very, it was very different. So when you did go into high school and started getting to music, who was the one that really uh, got you into it? Uh, my high school music teacher, who I still write to, who I actually just wrote a note to, and she lives in Florida. Really? And um, I always credit her with, um, you know, really taking the time to uh, encourage me and push me into music. I never would have done it without that yeah. help. And that's why teachers are so important. Yeah. And they really can change your life. Because I don't know if I ever would have gone into music without really? her. Yeah. Was that when you realized that you wanted to pursue it as a career? Or was it just still a hobby at that point? Um, I think, you know, she pushed me to go to Manhattan Prep School Music on Saturday. So I started taking the train in. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole new world, going to New yeah. York City. Um, and then I think um, as I was doing that, it started to you know, oh, wow, I'm I'm good at this, or I yeah. can do that, you know, and you start to get a lot of encouragement, and it just, um, and that's when I, I really felt like, wow, this is all I want to do. Yeah, and it was predominantly singing at that, like, all vocal at that point, or was it Oh, yeah, it was well? opera. Okay. I was singing opera yeah. and Broadway songs, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what were, what were some of your favorite musicals when you did get to finally watch them? Um, finally watched them on Broadway. Broadway. Yeah. Well, the show I was in was The King and I. Yeah. And that had been a, a favorite of mine. I always loved Sound of Music. I loved Annie. Yeah. Loved Annie. I was always Classic. Annie. Um, <laughs> what a, let's see, I'm trying to think, um, what other like musicals? I'm just trying to think. Um, I mean, there's so many. There's There's so many. I mean, all of a sudden, there's so many. All of a sudden, (laughs) now there's like all the Disney ones. Annie, get your gun! Oh, well, now it's like yeah, we have Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, now there's Spider-Man the musical. What? I don't know. I mean, that I haven't. I haven't heard any of the music yet. I I think it's um, you too. Oh yeah, yeah. That did the music for it. I mean, now they're it's like they're making a movie first, and then the musical. (laughs) I just saw Book of Mormon. Really? Did you like it? It was very funny. <laughs> I'm glad, though, I didn't get my in-laws' tickets for it, though. Oh, my god! Because gosh. I almost did that, and I had no idea what the yeah. show... I mean, it's from the creators of South Park, so have you seen it? Yes, I have. So you know what I mean. It's raunchy. It's pretty raunchy, <laughs> and I saw there were some older couples, and I saw them going, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, oh, boy, I was really yeah. glad. <laughs> Check it out before you get anyone tickets first, you know. Yeah. Depends. So your musical training really took you all over. You went to, as you said, um, you were in Manhattan, you were in Chautauqua, you went to um, Oberlin. Just what was the uh, the stages or the progressions of these? Um, well, first I went to Tanglewood after okay. I graduated. I left the day after graduation, went right to Tanglewood. Really? And, um, and I was really, I think, happy to leave <laughs> my hometown. Yeah. I was definitely one of those... Um, 
people. Uh, and then uh, I went straight to Oberlin, uh, having never seen it. Uh, but really? I got the biggest scholarship from them, and that's where I went for two years. And then I transferred. Uh, and in between then, I went to Chautauqua in the summer. Yeah. And that's where I met the teacher who asked me to come to Manhattan School of Music. Okay. So, and then... Uh, and it took me a while to finish because I started then I did Broadway while I was going to school. Yeah. And I had to um, take a lot less courses to be able to do the show. Were any of your peers involved in um, Broadway or performances? As yeah. Well? There okay. there was um, the other guy, Jose Lana. He was actually in the school as well. He was like the lead yeah. on ta as well. So. So was your family through all this uh, supportive of you, you know, going to all of these different schools? Um, you know, they, I think they kind of were just let her do her own thing. Yeah. And it was really, um, I mean, my father was in the military and I hadn't seen him for years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my grandparents were kind of older and. I think they were kind of like, oh, she's doing her music thing. And I've kind of just really pushed on my own to yeah. do it, I have to say. But I think it's great when, um, and they've definitely been, you know, supportive um, to a certain degree. Yeah. But I think it's great when I see families really, really support their children and really be there for them. Yeah. That. Do you think that you needed that extra drive because you were so young and you were kind of, you know, you had to be independent? Yeah, I think I definitely, um, definitely the things in your first, you know, whatever amount of years, they say, what, five years, six years, definitely molds your personality. And yeah. I think that I was always, I didn't know what it was going to be, but I know that I was always kind of dancing in front of the mirror. <laughs> so even though I didn't know I was going to be a singer, you know, it's very funny when I look back that, and I was always singing on the swing and mm -hmm. singing for everybody and um, that that's what I wound up doing. And I think, um, and then I found out later on when I met a lot of my family, uh, the Korean side of my family, that a lot of them are musicians, that they're singers and they lead bands and saxophone players. So, you know, it's, it's in, in your, your blood, blood yeah. and it's in your genes. So it doesn't even matter sometimes if that's how you grow up, that sooner or later, hopefully you're going to find what it is you love. Yeah. You know, have you ever been to Korea? When I was very little, okay. I lived when I was for, from like okay. for, for a couple of years. Yeah. But, and I remember a little bit and I, I used to speak Korean and then I, I lost it when I came here and then I tried to take classes and it was just such <laughs> a difficult language. Can I tried. you say anything now? Oh, it's like, the, I mean, everyone can say like, I'm young, I say, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this is <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, I'm sorry that I lost it because I tried to relearn it. It was just too difficult. Maybe I, I will again one day. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about Broadway for a second. You were in The King and I. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, Lou Diamond Phillips was also in that production. So yeah. what was it like working with him? Oh, he was great. He was so... Um, what I loved about him, and I won't say it's compared to some of the other stars or people that were in the show, some of them would isolate themselves mm -hmm. and go into the dressing room and you weren't allowed to go and say hello to them. And blah, blah, blah. He was always... Um, hanging out with us, uh, you know, uh, picking up all the kids. We would have potlucks in between the meals. I mean, I really became friends with him. Yeah. And um, he was just a really charismatic, uh, unique guy, but very kind and very nice. And, yeah. you know, I don't think everyone was like that, but I won't say <laughs> <laughs> So, But I can truly say that he was 
Yeah. You're really a great guy. Did he ever give you any advice? No, okay. I don't think so. I mean, just learning from him through. Yeah, I think you know it's being, such a yeah. it's like a boot camp. I mean, you're doing yeah. eight shows, three hours. <laughs> you're just kind of like ah, yeah. Your head is kind of spinning, and you're just you get really into you're working, and you're very you become very disciplined and. Yeah. Uh, so the, I think everyone joked around a lot, and actually he would do a lot of uh, practical jokes, which they didn't appreciate. The directors and stuff. <laughs> he was sent. I think he sent. Um, it's funny. I was reading about Ellen with the pizza. I think he sent a pizza. They have a one scene where they're watching a, the ballet. It's like a show within a show. And they, he sent a pizza up to the guys in the show, and they were like, <gasps> and he would do all kinds of things, like writing things on the side and opening a pocket, and you would, you know, it was just. He oh was a gosh. big uh, prankster, so that's hilarious. He made a lot of fun. So the schedule, I know, very hectic. As you said, eight mm-hmm. shows a week. How did you still <clears throat> have time to do classes? I know you said you you cut down on a lot of classes, yeah, but yeah, that yeah. still seems like it's. It was very very difficult, and yeah. I would go usually do like a, a two hour class. Uh, in the morning uh, because you would do a matinee on Saturday. I'm trying to think of what my schedule was. But because you're doing nights, um, I would take a class like one of the days or something. I really cut down my schedule. Yeah. I probably took two classes or something. They were very good about that. Yeah. And sometimes I couldn't go to that. So um, that's how I did it. Yeah. So A lot of balancing. I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I look back, I'm like, I would never do that again. Yeah. I don't know quite what I was thinking, but... What was the audition process like for The King and I? Um, You know, it was funny because I heard about the show and um, they were looking really for like a 13-year-old or 14-year-old to play Tough Tim. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so, but I I decided to audition. Um, They said, you know, you're not right for this part. But I remember I kept saying, oh, I'm going to be in this show. <laughs> and I'm going to play that part. You put it and out into the universe. It was the, the third universe, time yeah. I went in. They were like, actually. <laughs> and, they, and that's when I got cast. Really? And first I was in the chorus and I was the understudy. Yeah. Kept him. And then I basically, she was out so much and I was playing the part. So I did get to play the role a lot. And I, you know, was in that show. And I knew it for a long time. Yeah. That's why I think sometimes you know. And no matter what obstacles come, you just kind of. Go with the flow mm-hmm. of the universe and kind of yeah. know what you're meant to do. So. What What did you do when you found out that you officially got the role? I think I was like screaming and I was so I think I called. Yeah, I think I called my grandma or I called this. For, I mean, I called. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Had you auditioned for other um, Broadway shows or other performances? No. That was the first one that you were in. Yeah. Wow. That was the first one. And, um, yeah. And uh, after that, I, I needed <laughs> a break. And I didn't want to do it for a long Yeah. Time. You know, so not that if it came up again and the right thing came up now, I think I would love to do it. Yeah. Um, was there ever a point when you thought you're going to make Broadway your career? I think before I went and did it. <laughs> You're like, oh, that sounds oh, like fun. It's kind of, you know, it's like when, once you're doing it and then you're like, oh, it's, you know, you, it's hard to have a life. Mm-hmm. You really have no life for it. And yeah. I was living with the boyfriend at the time and I remember I never saw him. And it's just, it's really hard to juggle both, you know. Yeah. People who do that for a long time, they sacrifice a lot mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. 
And then I know any Broadway show, they always have fans <clears throat> waiting outside, like to to meet the people. Did you ever you experience yeah. that? Yeah, oh sure. yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, people sometimes they would just they would know you specifically, and hopefully they're not some crazy <laughs> stalker <laughs> out there because now everyone knows where you are and yeah. they know exactly when you're coming out. Um, but it was a lot of kids and. Um, just you know it's the best feeling it's the best feeling to be appreciated and to feel like you're doing what you love and um it's just it's a wonderful feeling and I feel very grateful that I got to do it yeah they get their playbills signed and stuff exactly (laughs) I remember when I was a kid doing that (laughs) even when I was an adult I think I saw Danielle Radcliffe and how to succeed I was like oh my gosh I have to wait on Harry Potter (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I would have waited for him too (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one um so after Broadway you moved to Los Angeles Uh right what was the deciding factor in that um broke up with a boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) I seem to hear this a lot like um yeah and I think I want you know I had come out I was actually I think testing for a pilot because I was doing like commercials and things like that too and um I remember coming out of LAX and seeing all the palm trees and it was I think every person who comes to LA you have it's it's breathtaking. Yeah. It's every person who's seen it for the first time. I don't Especially think they ever if you lived it. on the East Coast most of your life. It's like, "Oh my god." So, oh, it Nirvana. seems like a different country. If there is something so magical, the smell, I mean, and when I was young, I I hadn't traveled a lot. I think mm-hmm. if you grow up and you're traveling a lot, but um yeah, it was pretty awesome, and uh, and I came back a few more times for work, and then I decided I wanted to stay. Did you know anyone out here in L.A. at the time? I actually did. There were people yeah. that I had worked with in commercials and different things, like the girl that I stayed with for a long time. She had done um, a commercial with me, and, and I stayed with her while I was okay. looking for a place and met other people, you know, so um, I was lucky that I knew some people, and it was yeah. a lot nicer when you know someone. Yeah, definitely. Yourself. What was the the transition like when you made the move? Um, Transition meaning just Just like, uh, was it easy for you? Did you find a place right away? Um, Did you feel like you fit in? Yeah, you know what? It was easy meaning that I like anything new. Mm -hmm. And so it's exciting when you're meeting all new people. And kind of the girl I was staying with knew everybody. So Mm -hmm. we were out all the time and you know in Hollywood when you first moved to LA yeah (laughs) um I had a lot of fun and uh it was it was great it was it was actually it was a wonderful transition yeah it was actually a great time what neighborhood did you move to when you first she was in uh Hancock Park okay and then after that when I got my own place I got a room in a house um it was on Citrus Right by um, Wilshire, where the Starbucks is. Okay, yeah. So I was down that street. And um, it was actually funny because Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson used to live in a house in the corner. I remember Owen Wilson, like, walking up and down in front of his house, like, in his, like, boxers or, I don't know, like, in the morning talking on the phone, like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) And Luke Wilson used to sit at Starbucks every day. They were really uh... nice. (laughs) Yeah, it was just very funny. Um, It was a nice uh, street, and I kind of got to know different people on the street and yeah 
So it's good. It's always crazy. I I feel like I have friends back home who, when I moved to LA, they're like, "Oh, do you see any celebrities?" And that's a normal occurrence when you live out here. So yeah, I think... having a, a Luke and Owen Wilson living across the street seems like normal, actually. And I think also in New York, I had worked at clubs and stuff too, mm-hmm. um, and had definitely seen a lot of celebrity and. You know, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like just like you and me. Yeah. So So when you moved out here you started doing um some smaller shows just at the the local venues. I did right? A lot of smaller shows. A lot of them. A lot of smaller How many shows? nights a week do you think you uh did shows? Um well, I mean I was also working as a bartender. Yeah. Um so you know, I started out, it was slow, too, because I hadn't ever written any songs, and um, I didn't know how to play guitar, really, so I had to teach myself how to play guitar. I had to start learning songs. I started going to songwriting circles. You know, it wasn't, like, instant. Kind of when people hear it, they go, oh, you did this, and then you did yeah. this. I'm like, no. It, kinda, it, it takes a overnight. while, and you got to really practice, and you got to... It just took some time, but I started going to all kinds of open mics mm-hmm. and um, and and then started doing shows and small shows and yeah. then bigger and bigger things. So, so mostly covers at first, then. Um, some covers, but no, I started writing my own songs, okay. and they were not very good. <laughs> but I kept doing it. <laughs> what kind of uh, vibe were you going for in your first original songs? You know, I was such a huge fan of, um, like, Joni Mitchell and really folky, I mean, just like, you know, I wanted, I just wanted to kind of see what it was like to get up there and actually be able to sing your own words. Yeah. Because that was something that had never even really occurred to me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just decided to try it. And then I started just writing all the time. And I realized, you know, all these years I had always written down thoughts. And I had always kept journals, mm-hmm. but I I never really thought about writing my own songs. Mm-hmm. So, how was it learning guitar? Was that a challenge for you? Oh, such a challenge! And well, the funny thing is, I think it would have been less of a challenge if I had. Um, this is for all the novices out there. When you get a guitar, make sure you restring it with strings <laughs> that are, you know, Not the cheap. right gauge. Yeah. Because I had like steel strings and I was trying so hard to play them and I didn't realize they were impossible to you play. Calluses oh and, yeah, yeah, but I was like, oh my God, this is, there's no way anyone can do this. It's, you really have to just have a lighter gauge and you have to restring it. So yeah, I was like struggling through playing guitar for a year before I realized like, it could be a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> so, where'd you buy your first guitar from? Guitar Center. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, and it was like a fifty dollar guitar. Center. It was not, <laughs> not expensive. But now I have a guitar that I love. So, a nicer one. Nineteen forty five. Yeah. Ooh. Gibson. Fancy. Gibson. That <laughs> I picked up in Chicago at the Chicago Expo where they, they have tons of amazing old guitars, and I had been looking for a really great guitar. And um, they kept laying different ones in my hand. And I've been just everywhere looking for one. And once I held this guitar, I was like, oh, this is it. Yeah. So when you, you have to find the right fit, you know. Mm-hmm. And reading guitar chords <clears throat> is different than reading music that I'm sure you were used to. Oh, yeah, like piano. Yeah. Well, you know, in piano, everything is laid out for Mm -hmm. you. And guitar is just very different. It's just a whole different way of looking at things. I mean, I think it also depends, you know, when I was younger, I had played some piano. Um, 
it's just what you're used to when you're younger you know if yeah. you play a little guitar that's going to be easier for you later on so yeah anyway. definitely um so you ended up recording your debut album with uh i might mispronounce this scott hackwith mm -hmm. and he has worked with pete townsend iggy pop the ramones um bands that i think you looked up to right when mm -hmm. you were growing up oh yeah so yeah. what did that mean for you to to work with him well i think um you know it was a pretty um you know it's a big learning experience i'm just gonna say that <laughs> um but he um you know i was very excited about making my first record yeah and i probably made every mistake in the book you could make on that first record <laughs> so I'm what are some say, of the mistakes i'm just gonna say just um i don't even want to get into it i mean i probably should because this is what i'm supposed to be here yeah. for right see but um you know you just sometimes you give away rights to your music on things that you should you know yeah. about especially as an artist and not necessarily necessarily being a good business person um i've become a much better yeah at that because i've had to but i don't know naturally no i'm like hey here's your take um but um yeah i just made a lot of mistakes okay. but yet I learned a lot, yeah. and it was uh, great to be able to work with him. I think a lot of artists do that, is they're very eager to, you know, get their music out there, get their name out there, and, yeah. you know, you just don't know. <laughs> Life is a learning. <laughs> you just keep learning and learning and learning, and exactly. hopefully you don't keep repeating the same mistakes. So, um, And your sound <clears throat> has evolved so much over the years, from your first album to Prism. Yeah, um, totally. Why do you think that is? What do you attribute that to? Well, I think on this record, I attribute um, a lot to Mark Needham as well, mm -hmm. um, the producer. Yeah. He, I mean, I think my songwriting, I mean, you just keep evolving and hopefully <laughs> getting better, hopefully, yeah. you know. Um, so I think, and I, I got to work with some wonderful co-writers, and I think that he really, um, we spent a lot of time in pre-production, and he really took my music and kind of gave it this, you know, grandiose kind of backdrop or kind of the feel that I wanted my music to be. I wanted it to be a big sound on certain things. Yeah. I wanted, you know, I had a real vision and he really listened to me and he really um, was able to translate that and I just thought he did an amazing job. Mm -hmm. And mm. I know early on folk was kind of the sound that you were going for and now it's electro poppy folk i don't know how to describe it well, how know, would you describe it i think it? the songs that i've written were really just kind of you know maybe pop rock songs on yeah. the record um but i think that they've been now we've been lucky now to be working with such amazing remixers that they um you know i've taken some of the songs and remixed it so it's very cool to see something that i wrote like this and yeah. then mark needham takes it and produces it and makes it like this and then you know, uh, Promised Land and Baggy Bokovic, they take it and they make certain songs, you know, so that's the amazing thing about music, is seeing it, one song, yeah. across all these genres, and and people take your song and put their own spin on it, I love it. Yeah. It's it's amazing, I love it. And for those who don't know, Mark, he has worked with The Killers, Imagine, uh, Dragon. Magan, Imagine, Imagine Dragons, Dragons, Neon yeah. Trees, so many great artists. Oh, um, yeah. He's fantastic, and hopefully I'll be working with him again this year. So. Okay. So how did you um, get linked <clears throat> up with him originally? Uh, through my manager, okay. I guess. Cool. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take for you to write those songs? And I would say it, it took over the course of a year. Okay. Because I wrote a lot more songs than are actually on the record and uh, recorded 
lot that actually aren't on there. I just took the best and what I thought fit together. Yeah. You know. Would you say that your inspiration for music has changed throughout the years as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's always, um, you know, the Beatles. Like, yeah. I'll love the Beatles no matter what. Staples. I mean, no matter the Staples, you know. Um, saw the Eagles a couple weeks ago at the farm. They were amazing. But there are so many, um, you know, amazing musicians out there and different people that, you know, you get into listening to and that inspire you, you know. Like Daft Punk, and yeah. and then you have, you know, it's like everything keeps evolving and changing, and so, yeah. I mean, I love. I'm just trying to think. So, Ray La Montaigne, I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved Sia. Um, I mean, there's just so many, so many great people right now. So, yeah. So going back to when you heard your song on the radio for the first time, um, how was that? What was that feeling like? Um, I, where I was was I in a store? I think I was in a store actually. I was in New York actually, and I heard. What did I hear? I'm trying to think. Anyway, I heard something, and it was it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't jumping up and down, but I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> did it take you a second to realize? It yeah, was I think I was like, "Wait a minute! I know, I know that song. Wait a minute!" So it's always amazing when you yeah. are able to, um, you know be doing what you want to do yeah did you know at that point um when you were hearing songs that they were going to get radio play no I don't think and I think when I'm you know it's something that I I don't really think about that and you know it's after everything's recorded and done then people are like oh that's gonna be that's the radio but I think it's I mean, I think, you know, some certain people really just write stuff for the radio. I just try to write a good song. Yeah. I think that's hard enough to do, <laughs> try to write a good song and then and then see where it takes you, you yeah. know? So. What has been your goal for your music? Like, is it uh, <clears throat> just you want to make yourself happy or is it you want to, you know, share it with millions of people? Yes, I think both. both? Yeah. And I think... Um, I mean, that's the whole thing of music, and I think we need music in our society. I think people die without music. Die? <laughs> I do. I think they would. I think that would be, I think it would be very sad mm-hmm. in this world to not have, I think that is what keeps people going. Yeah. I know, maybe I'm a little dramatic. <laughs> I do. I feel that way. Uh, it, it is an integral part of society and just community in general. You'd be surprised at, you know. It's just kind of something that's always around us. Yeah. Maybe it's just how I feel about art in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, as many people as I hope that enjoy it and, um, you know, th- yes. And, like, I'm working on scoring a my friend is doing a documentary so I'm working on scoring a film for him so I like yeah. doing that as well that's How's really that interesting um, I just started doing it it's really interesting and I'm learning a lot different <laughs> than uh, going into the studio and just recording songs yeah because you're having to um, work with a template you know something that's already there and make something that's going to really um, frame that well so yeah yeah very different <laughs> Um, so when you're not writing music, what do you do in your free time? Um, take care of my baby. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations, by the Thank way. Thank you. <laughs> 
So uh, thank you so much. <laughs> so she's definitely, uh, and joyously so, taking a lot of my time. Yeah. I'm very happy with that. Um, so I don't have as much free time as I used to have. <laughs> catch up on sleep. Before I was pregnant, uh, catch up on sleep. But, um, you know, I'm also, um, we have two dogs. They're a lot of fun. I'm also an astrologer. Mm-hmm. So I've always done a lot of astrology. And um, I don't know. I like to knit. I like to cook. I'm a total homebody. I mean, I really, I like to be at home for sure. And I go out plenty, but uh, especially, you know, um, I find that when I'm at home and I'm writing and cooking, you know, I like being in the kitchen yeah. and kind of doing that. So, What are some of your favorite meals to cook? Um, let's see. Well, I make, I mean, things that are easier, but I make like great, um, I'm a good baker. Okay. Uh, so I love like baking Irish too. soda bread <laughs> and I made these great like, um, chocolate blondies or I can make layer cakes yeah. and pies. Um, and I can make, you know, I, simple things like lasagna yeah. and, you know, meatloaf. I mean, that's kind of what I grew up eating, all that kind of food, but... I've noticed that cooking is kind of a rarity in L.A. I feel like everyone always eats out. I think so. I mean, I think people cook, but I think that um, – I think a lot of people, when they eat at home, they're just getting, like, a rotisserie chicken. Exactly. And they're just getting to go. It's and different. I do that plenty, too, especially now yeah. with time. But I love to cook. Yeah. Like, I enjoy it. I think it's really – and I like to cook with someone if a friend comes over and she's going to have dinner or they're going to have – I think it's so much fun. Or we'll make um, pizza out in the um, grill, mm-hmm. like on the okay. play thing. Yeah. Do you do, you do any of that? Or? Um, I don't have a grill because my backyard is like a third or a quarter <laughs> the size of the studio. Well, what um, do you so like probably to make? burn something down, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I do – I okay, so there's this thing called monkey bread pizza that like you make in the oven. It's so good. Is monkey? You know, it's funny. I just was at a, a diner, Truxton's, yeah. and they had something called monkey bread. Yeah, was it like bre- garlic? Monkey and- bread is actually um, it's cinnamon like dough. It's kind of it tastes like donuts, like cinnamon donuts. Mm, so good, but I'm a big um, donut it's fan. the same thing where it's just these dough balls, like pizza dough, and like inside is the cheese and the pepperoni and stuff like that. So, it's really good. <gasps> wow, that's yeah. really good. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's going to become a food show. <laughs> yes. We keep talking. <laughs> um, so your daughter, she's five months old, as yeah. you said. Yeah. Um, obviously, life has changed a lot since having a baby. We saw, we were looking at pictures of her before we started taping the yeah. interview, and she is absolutely adorable. Thank you. <laughs> um, so what is it? what has it been like, you know, being a mother now? Um, I think it changes your view on everything Mm -hmm. and, um, it just changes your perspective. Like, like even for instance, I was saying to my husband, you know, I, I love like criminal minds and all those kind of shows and I'm having problems even watching any of those shows because if they're about children or anything, like it's really disturbing to me. And I think that it changes for me after I had a baby. I can't. maternal instinct. Yeah. And I can't watch some really... Like, I usually love all kinds of um, horror, scary, mm-hmm. blah, blah, Yeah, I'm not as into watching some of that now. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think um, it makes you um, really, really, I mean, when you see her smile in the morning and I just hear her, you know, gurgling, it really, it just, it, it just, it shows you kind of what's important in life. Yeah. It really does. So for me, that's been really great. 
when she's old enough, um, are you going to try to get her involved in music? Is your household now going to be musical? You know what? I think it's just going to be music is always around her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm always playing music. You know, either, like, she'll hear me playing or just, you know, on the stereo. Um, but she... Um, you know, she's always just going to be surrounded by it. So yeah. I think she's going to learn music and be singing. She's already singing all, all the time. <laughs> ah! um, and if she wants to do it or take lessons, of course. But I'll, I don't think I'll ever push her to do anything. I'll just kind of make everything available to her and see what she likes to do. Yeah. You know. And you so. said that she's like the happiest baby in the world, that oh she's always gosh. smiling. She's so very lucky. That's why yeah. everyone said it. Don't expect it if you have another one because they're not all like this. So I was like, <laughs> I got so lucky. So. Yeah. Um, so in addition to your family and your music, you also are involved with philanthropy a lot. Um, you, We were talking about before this interview, you worked for an animal shelter for a while. Animal rescue. A- animal yeah. rescue. It was a no-kill rescue. Okay. I don't think – I think working at a shelter would have been – yeah. So, so difficult. Yeah. yeah. Why was that important to you to um, give back? Um, well, I think I went into it. Um, I really wanted a dog and I was in an apartment. And so that's how I started. I was like, well, I'm going to get my doggy fill. I'm going to go work at a rescue and walk dogs at the rescue. And I just started going a little bit at a time. And then I got so attached to all the dogs there. And you get very, and, you know, like they say, it always, Giving always benefits the giver more. Like, I got yeah. so much more out of it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, you're helping the dog. You're like, no, it's helping me. Yeah. It would, I just loved it. Yeah. So. Um, so moving forward, I know you said you're working on scoring the documentary, but uh, are you working on any other new music? Uh, yes. I'm actually, I've been writing lyrics and then really, uh, you know, going to start writing a lot in the next couple of months. Okay. Yeah. I've needed this time to kind of get myself together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm feeling <laughs> a little less sleep deprived. So. Any inspirations from uh, lullabies? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you make up all kinds of weird and wacky songs <laughs> all hours of the morning. Just whatever to get her to sleep. Yeah. Or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, so moving forward in your career, uh, what do you hope to accomplish in, um, you know, musically and in your life? Um, (laughs) let's see Uh, I think you know I think being happy being a happy person and being happy not only with you know what I'm doing but just you know but first of all my family and just um, being present and being happy with not just the big things and goals and different things like that and and just appreciating things, you know, keep appreciating things. And, you know, I'm very grateful for everything I have. So that's for sure. So it's a good answer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes she asks these questions and they're so like, oh, it my sounds like goodness. a really big question. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, um, so yeah, being happy. Cool. Um, so this is our, our shameless plug section. So anything that you would like to talk about from your music to website, Twitter, all of that. Yes. Um, I'm going to shamelessly plug Malaya Music. Okay. 
M-A-L-E-A-Music.com. And um, iTunes, I guess. But yeah, just Malaya Music. If you go on there, that's kind of everything you need to do. You need to know. Excuse me. Um, all I have a lot of announcements coming soon about shows and uh, different things that we're you know listing right now. Um, and we're seventeen on Billboard. And um, I know we're on Twitter, Facebook, blah blah blah. Um, yeah, Malaya <laughs> Music. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, you think, so much. You can find it all on the website. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming thank in today. You for this was so me. much fun. Um, you can find us, of course, on iTunes. Just type in AfterBuzz TV. You can find all the Chatting with Kathy podcasts along with the other millions of shows that AfterBuzz puts on every single week. You can find me on Twitter at Katherine Kelly. You can find AfterBuzz on Twitter at AfterBuzz TV. Thank you so much for Thank coming in again. Thank you so much. And until next time, um, keep the conversation going on Twitter. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 